Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Cortez Out Podcast once again. I'm Josh Shevnov. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. Boys, we got a packed, packed week. We got Bellator 290 to go over the last stand for the last emperor. We also got UFC Vegas 68 to recap. As well as a lot of news, but also... I mean, come on, boys. You know why you're here. 2284 fight week. We finally made it. Number one pound for pound versus number two pound for pound. One of the greatest fights all year long. However, before we talk about all that, I want to tell you all, both, uh, tell you all about our incredible sponsors. Rogue Energy and Elixir. Code sound off for 10% off of each. If you want to go ahead and enjoy some nice energy that can fuel you up for the gym, for games, for life in general, Hold, head over to Rogue Energy. they got a lot of fun flavors, a lot of good stuff. If you want some of the opposite, you know, I like to wind down at night with a nice, a nice gummy, a nice gummy. You can even make your own. They got, they got the, uh, they got stuff to make your own if you want to buy their own gummies. All right. Go ahead and check out Elixir. Get your really high, get your really chilled out. Code sound off for both. Last Saturday night, it happened, Angel. Kia Form, Inglewood, California, Belter 290, live on CBS. They did upwards of a million viewers in the main event with Ryan Bader defeating Fedor Emelianenko, the last emperor by TKO. In the process, putting an end to one of the greatest careers we've ever seen in mixed martial arts, former pride champion. Obviously, we know the deal. Incredible winning streak. Even in his later years, he's still gotten some incredible knockouts. Not the way you want to go out, but uh, Angel, give me your thoughts on the fight. And um, in hindsight, was this the right booking? Like I said, Josh, and I said it in the previous show, I felt fine with this booking. Not because I thought it was the right booking, but because Fedor wanted this fight. And I'm like, look, if he's asking for it, he wanted to. There's something he sees, something he believes. We ended up seeing that night that. That wasn't the case, sadly, right? But what do you expect out of a man who is in his late 40s, has had 40-plus bouts at heavyweight in MMA, and uh, has had a very successful career? I mean, you couldn't wish anything more out of him fighting the current dog, right, at Honcho. I, I think it's it's all right. You know, you could only ask for so much, and he's already given so much that in the end, like I said to you privately, I'm I'm just happy Fedor didn't get flatlined. Yeah, and um, it wasn't the way that like you want to see him go out, but he did not get flatlined. It wasn't like their first fight where he went out there and got starched in what I mean. It was it was like thirty seconds, right? This one, I mean, he made it almost to the end of the round. He just couldn't get out from under bottom, and that's the way it goes sometimes, you know. Um, Bader is uh, is a I mean, one of the greatest wrestlers on the planet as far as the heavyweight division goes. The guy is fucking great. Um, but as far as uh, the fight goes, man, I, I agree. It was the right booking. I mean, you can't – I just have some people like, the Bellator should have never booked this fight. Fader need to go out on a win. My my thing is, is like – and you talked about it last week. You made like a really good point. You emphasized this. You were like, this is what Fedor wants. You know, you got guys like Shogun. You think Shogun was like – 
just rearing, and he was just ready and ribbing up to go fight fucking Ilhor Pateria. You think he gave a... Like, no. Like, he he probably wanted to fight a legend, or he would have preferred, like... Uh, he would have preferred probably a legend or a, a top contender, you know? As a way to show, like, either, you know, I fought somebody of my commensurate skill level, or I'm going out and fighting the best of the best, you know? Most guys don't get either of that. Instead, they go out and... Most guys in UFC, they go out and get starched by some fucking... One in one guy who probably came off a contender series is making twenty grand a fucking you know a fight you know, so it is very very cool that he was able to go ahead and go out there and fight somebody he wanted to fight. He he was apparently sick the first time around. Obviously that was something that we've heard about, but he said you know I'm gonna go out there I'm gonna give it my all and whatever happens happens and I'm I just did not feel satisfied with my performance in the first fight. He lost and that's the way it goes. But I think this still was the correct booking in hindsight. Um, in terms of Fedor's career coming to a close, man, I mean, any uh, any final thoughts? It's probably the last time we'll discuss The Last Emperor on this show, so if you want to go ahead and give any thoughts, man. Man, the, you know, I'm sad that I didn't get to be there for the early days, but I still got to see some cool moments, man. Obviously, I saw some fight Hampage, a.k.a. Rampage. Uh, me calling his win over Tim Johnson which was awesome to see him get that one right after people having doubts and some people not believing in him and maybe like, you know something, I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to get it done. He's going to, he's going to beat team Johnson and, and then do it in the fashion he did and kind of be like, I, I still got the power, man. I'm still here. Fedor got hands, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, all, all of that is just amazing. And obviously the amazing career that is constantly highlighted. I mean, 48 professional heavyweight bouts in MMA, an amazing resume that speaks for itself. Uh, a highlight reel that is close to unmatched in some ways. It's uh, it's it's beautiful, man. And it also, as we're seeing a, a great coach, a good mentor, and uh, you know, just developing an amazing team. It's sad, but uh, you know, I, I don't know a lot of Russian, Josh, and little <laughs> I do know, I probably can't say on the show, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I you, you say it's sad. I honestly, it wasn't that sad to me, man. I think for for my thoughts on it, it's just there. This was always a very possible and almost likely outcome. Um, that this is always gonna be the likely thing. But like, dude, like he seemed at peace. He seemed at peace, man. And uh, not a lot of guys leave this sport at peace. Um, even Fedor retired, Fedor already retired once before. I mean, I feel like most people forgot this, but like, he retired, I think, um, he, after he left Strike Force, he had like three or more fights in, uh, in Russia, and he retired, and he had called the quits, and then he came back like a year later, he's like, yeah, I, I, I fucked up, and I got more of that me. Yeah. This time. He was fighting M1 Goblo, right? Sometimes yeah, he was. He was fighting an M1, and this time he retired, and you can see it was different. He was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm not a piece of this. I've given it. I've given it my all. You know, like he's 46 years old, and the fact that he was 46, some people are like, oh, you know, he's Dana White's dumbass out here being like, you know, you wouldn't have to fight in your 40s if you fought the UFC and yada. I'm like, dude, like Fedor just enjoys fighting. Like the guy's, the dude's like a fucking <laughs> probably become president of Russia. Putin never dies. You know what I mean? Like he's a beloved guy there. You know, um, money's not a problem for the guy. He just likes competing. He just likes testing himself and. 
He did test himself the best of not, 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 not according to data. He wasn't tested, Josh. I mean. Oh, yeah, right? Like, I wonder, like, this is what I said on Twitter when I saw Dana said that, like, I understand he's a promoter and, like, you kind of got to stick up for your guys. But, like, dude. Josh, speak your like, piece. Fedor, like, okay, so this, I, Fedor is the ultimate list, the litmus test. Uh, let me rephrase that. Fedor is the ultimate litmus test for fans of MMA. Like if it, it, your your opinion on Fedor is the easiest way to tell if you know what the fuck you're talking about. It's the easiest way. Because if you see, I saw some people like after he's lost, he's like, oh, you know, he didn't even fight in the UFC. He can't be that good. He can't be goat. You know, he he got knocked out by Dan Henderson, bro. Like, oh, you know, Dan is right, man. I'm like, dude, like in Fedor's prime, you know who ruled the UFC's heavyweight division? It was Andre Orlovsky, Tim Sylvia, and Frank Mir, kinda. Because Frank had had the motorcycle accident, and he was kind of in and out. and That was just kind of how it was at the time. Pride had the best heavyweight division. But even then, if, if you want to be fucking stupid and be like, okay, fine, UFC is better, fine. Fedor fought those guys, and he beat them. He knocked all three. Mir got knocked out in Bellator, and Arlovsky and Sylvia got knocked out right after they left the UFC. And when they were both at the top of their prime. I think Arlovsky had won like six in a row when he fought Fedor, and he knocked out some good dudes. So, like, if, you, if you're, if you like, one of those people that are still trying to die on the hill of, like, he never fought in the UFC, like, the war's over. The, the argument's done. Like, it's it just is what it is. Like, you're you're done. It is. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, as far as Fedor's career in general, man, I mean, one of the greatest of all time. No doubt about it. And um, I feel I feel blessed to have watched him compete as many times as I, uh, as I did, you know. And he was one of those guys that got me into the sport, man. I mean... I was going to talk a lot about, like, John Jones and DC and that rivalry was one of the big things that got me into, like, dude, like, watching a Fedor highlight video when I was, like, 12 was, like, another big one of those, too. I was, like, just seeing, I can't even remember, like, the fucking video, but there was, like, this highlight video that was, like, 11 minutes long and had, like, <laughs> epic Russian music going through it. I was, like, I'm, like, like fuck is, yeah. I'm, like, this is the toughest motherfucker alive. Like, <laughs> he still seems like it anyways, dude. Yeah, he still has the uh, the aura, for sure. That'll never go away, I think. No, no chance. I mean, he's 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 that muffin. guy. Yeah, what a stud muffin. Um, anyways, man, I mean, that's pretty much all we got for the uh, the main event. I mean, co-main event though. Damn, dude, Fuck John me, Devlin. Dude. He's that guy. He's that guy. He, I think, he can make a damn good case. He might be the best 185 pounder on the planet right now. Like that may be a hot take, but like he's 100 percent him, Josh. I mean, look. Yeah. Uh, there's. There's a little bit there. Like, I think he's good. I just, I, I feel like there's some holes that are yet to be exposed. Johnny Evelyn. Yes. Well, he is very hittable. Yeah. That's kind of the biggest problem. And I thought Tokov was going to take advantage of that. He didn't, though. But Tokov did get hurt in this fight, Josh. And I think after he was compromised, he wasn't the same fighter. He carries a lot of muscle mass. And he wasn't able to last in the later rounds where Johnny Evelyn got to shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, he is uh, it was a, it was a close fight early. I thought um, Tarkov actually is the first ever person to take a round from Johnny Evans. So, fun fact for you there. Not even Gegard or anybody else's face. But, yeah, Anatoly Tarkov, man, I actually thought he came out looking good early. I thought he was landing some clean shots. But, like, yeah, I mean, dude, Johnny Evelyn. I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that he does have some holes in the game because unless I like the human cheat code, he can also get so much better. And I think also we're probably biased because he's a Kansas City boy. But, like, this motherfucker's a badass dude. I mean, obviously, he uh, picked up the win, man. As far as the actual fight itself, what would you think? And ultimately, what do you think about his future moving forward? I know he's talking some shit. He was talking that ish after the win. He was saying, like, you know, I think I could beat Alex Pahea right now. 
I respect it, man. I respect it. That, uh, I mean, that's the attitude these guys have. And obviously confidence is very important. There's nothing wrong with that. I respect it. Uh, obviously, you know, love, you'd love to see it back it up, but you know, Dana will never grow prepared to do that, but that's understandable. Oh, uh, you know, I'm just going to say how it is, but, uh, no, like, and look, like we said, I don't think Johnny Evelyn's hit his ceiling either yet. You know, that's, that's the other thing. He could, he could get better. And you saw, I mean, he wore the damage, Josh. I mean, that's, you know, that's the other thing you could see, right? But in the end, the damage didn't add up to Tokov's win. But this is still a very hard division, man. There's some tough motherfuckers in here, man. If you're getting hit, especially at 185, dude, 185 is that division where I think these guys are, are near that 205 and heavyweight power. You know what I mean? Not the same, but you, you could get, everybody I feel like can hit in this division. I feel like there's not many pillow hands in 185, in my opinion. No, there's not. And as far as moving forward for him, who do you want to see him fight next? Fuck, man. Let me pull up the Bellator uh, 185 rankings because, I mean, you know how accurate those are. <laughs> well, I like I like Bellator's rankings. I don't think they're bad. I don't know, John. Their website is ass for how they how – they, uh... <laughs> Well, like just how straight, they sort them. Just a straight image. They have to re-edit every time, you know. Right. <laughs> I don't get that, but yeah, I mean, a middleweight. You got a couple of good guys there. I mean, Gegard has not fought since then. Fabian Edwards didn't he just come off a fucking incredible knockout? Uh, I believe fucking Machida, right? Yeah, yeah, but he also lost two in a row before that, so I don't know if that'll be. Well, there's Did a guy. Who, just, guy there's, oh. there's a guy who fought on this undercard, Josh, who I thought had a tough fight. And fucking shut that shit down, and Lorenz Larkin. Oh yeah, he's got to get it. Yeah, I mean he he's took the. He, yeah. It's crazy though. He fought this at 170 though, but he's ranked at 185. I don't know what happened there. He goes back and forth. I'm not sure if you looked up his current winning streak. He's bounced back and forth. Like he he fought it, started at one. He, he his current win streak: catchweight at 180. Then it was a fucking welterweight, welterweight, catchweight again, middleweight, middleweight, welterweight, welterweight. Well, look. At the end of the day, I I feel like this guy deserves opportunity. I don't think I don't know what way, you know, whatever weight class it may be, but you think he deserves a, a shot at the top at least. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think at 185, he's capable of getting a straight uh, title shot with Gegard coming off, you know, the loss of you know, formerly holding the bell, uh, and uh, fucking Fabian, obviously not having. It know, does it, it does go both ways though, because at welterweight. Storley and uh, Amosov are about to fight, and there's no clear contender after that. Yeah, so... Whereas a middleweight, I'm not well, sure if it's John, John Salter versus uh, our boy uh, Aaron Jeffers just got announced. Well, I mean, Josh, That's there's a, a guy at 170 named Jason Jackson, the ass-kicking machine we haven't seen in a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's right up there. I'd be but, down for that. I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, I think Bellator's in a great spot. I mean, you know, they kind of, kind of move on a little bit from the Johnny Evelyn... Tokov fight. Let's move on one down to a new contender arising, Josh, and a great story. Brendan fucking Ward, Sabah mm-hmm. Omasi, putting on a fucking show, going into the second round. My goodness. Look, early on, I was a little worried for Brendan Ward, but he came on, man. Later on, he was getting it together. His IQ showed, and look, uh, he's, 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 he's not the youngest guy. He's 34. He's not old by any means. He still has a, a fair bit of time in the sport, and he, I think I think he knows that too, Josh, because he's he's asking for big fights. 
You know something? I like that fucking energy. You love mm-hmm. to see that. Uh, I don't know how fast to move him. I want him to kind of build up into it, man. I feel like he could fight a Neiman Gracie who just got a win. Uh, uh, someone else, uh, Korshkov is, is a tough fight, man, but maybe I'd love to see that. Hoichi Yamamuchi there. Douglas Lima available if he wants a big name. I feel like they could throw him in the mix. MVP's a little far out there, but I, I don't think, uh, Brendan Ward should rush into things. I think he, look, you're established. I think Bellator likes you. I think the fans love you. I think they love your story. Build it up, man. You just beat number eight. Go after number seven. Go after number six. Go after number five. You got all the time in the world, and especially in the division that's wide open, you can get there pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I I kind of like it that MVP fight. I'm gonna be honest. I kind of I kind of like that a lot, actually. It's kind of a kind of a banger. But uh, anyways, I mean. You gotta give this kid so much. I say this kid, this man's like 31, but like, you gotta give him so 34, much. 34, 30, 34. Even more than I expect. Okay, so you gotta give him fucking credit though. I mean, you talk about a dude who missed years of his career, and he was one of those guys, like, I'm not sure, like, it's kind of weird to think about, and I try not to think about it because it kind of freaks me out, but like, think about how many MMA fighters circle, like, just cycle in over the years, and you can like, even think about him, and like, they'll just disappear off the face of the planet, you'll never see him fight again. That happens all the time. Like, it's just, yeah. And he was one of those guys that just disappeared. I didn't even think about it, you know? But now that he's back, I'm like, man, fuck. I miss Brennan Ward so much, you know? And he missed years of his career due to drug addiction and his, his battles with that. I mean, he was, what was it, 2018 was his last fight? 2018, 2017, somewhere around there. Yeah. So in, uh, you know, four and a half years he was gone, and he has just, since returning, he's looked the greatest he's looked in his entire career. And it's not even close. I mean, he is out here just demolishing guys. And I guess the guy in Samahu Masi, Samahu Masi, one of the top Bellator guys coming off a couple of wins in a row, always comes to bang, has put on some incredible performances. And then it looks like, all right, well, you know, Samahu Masi's been active. He's in his prime. Looks like he was tuning him up until he wasn't. Brennan Ward, man, got to give him full fucking props. And, his story right now, I think, is something that's captivating a lot of MMA fans. So I think if Bells were smart, they can they can work them into some fun matchups, and I, I have full I have full faith that they will. Um, as far as the undercard goes, man, what are some fights that you most want to talk about from there? I know you mentioned uh, Lorenz Larkin, who straight up murdered a guy. So I know with a fucking elbow, dude. One of the most brutal ways to get knocked out. Look, mm-hmm. uh, a bit of a, a bit of a sad one, but also. Uh, you know, it's double-sided, right? You know, Max Roshkoff making his debut finally in Bellator, uh, you know, ends in the second round, and then ends with Chris Gonzalez, who Chris Gonzalez, man, he he got pushed a little quick, in my opinion. Uh, he was a guy who came out of that Team Alpha Male team really good, and he beat Roger Huerta, and they were like, this is the fucking, go fight Gucci Yamamuchi, <laughs> and it was just not the right decision at the time. Uh, at, uh, at a catch weight at 160, Gets ended in the first round. Okay, fine. We move on from it. It was just too quick. Moves on. Fights Aida Wad. Gets a win. Dope. They give him Usman Nurmagomedov, who just fought for the title. Uh, yeah. Fuck, <laughs> man. What what yeah. a set of fights. And he gets uh, he gets the opportunity at Master Roshkov to welcome into the inside of promotion, and nothing less of a of a nice and sick finish. Obviously, for Matt Roshkoff, man, who had been kicked out of the UFC, exiled 
for retiring in this corner and not wanting to go back out because he didn't believe, you know, he just didn't want to deal with the damage anymore. He didn't believe he could win. And uh, gets cut, goes to Cage Warriors, gets two wins, gets signed to Bellator. His debut gets delayed. Goes almost a year without fighting, I believe, or almost a uh, two years without fighting. Something crazy like that. I think I think it was closer to a year. I might be exaggerating here. And uh, actually, no, two years, Josh, 2021. October 2021. Uh, so long awaited return gets kind of a, a sour ending, sadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, but that's the sport, man. That's just how it is. Yeah, and Max Rashkoff, Max Rashkoff will be back. I mean, the reality is, is that after the shit that went with the UFC, we're like, like he. I don't. I think that's that's. I the more I think about it, the more fucked up it gets. You know what I mean? Like this kid did a um, did a favor for him in a way. You know, took the fight against Austin Hubbard on like five days' notice. I think he even won round one, but then round two he got gas, got brutalized. Doesn't come out for round three. His coaches talk shit to him in the corner for not coming around round three. The commentators talk shit about him for not coming around round three. Dana White talks shit about him in the post fight press conference for not coming out in round three. He proceeded to get cut. And I want to remind you, this this dude was, like, in his early 20s, and this was all just happening on a bullshit Apex card. Like, this poor fucking kid get, like, got the full wrath of the MMA world, took a year off, goes, goes and wins a couple of fights, gets signed to Bellator, and he loses in his debut. And that sucks. But the reality is, dude, if he can survive that bullshit of dealing with all that stuff that happened, with have, getting cut from UFC, having everybody talk shit about him, dude, like, you know damn well fucking Dana didn't know his name, on weigh-in day, he shit, he didn't even know Islam Magachev's name last Saturday, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But he definitely knew his name when it came time to shit on the poor fucking kid who was like like 25 at the time, 24, you know what I mean? Just ridiculous. But anyways, um, Max Rorschkov, um, gotta give him props. I mean, even just making it back to the big show, so, uh, sucks for him to lose that fight, but he'll be back. I mean, as far as the rest of the undercard goes, man, we mentioned Lorenz Larkin, hell of a win, I hope to see him get a title shot in either division he wants uh, pretty surprised at Carl Elbertson coming up short, man. I mean, I had a lot of expectations for him, and he signed to Bellator. He's not really had a great run. I mean, he he debuted with a loss to Phil Davis. He beat Victor Nemkov. He beat our boy Yags, and then since then, two losses in a row. Man. Tough, tough, tough. That Yags fight was a banger, though, dude. It was. It was a really <laughs> fun fight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so our uh, our boy our our girl Alejandra Lara coming up short by split. Uh, Split decision, I believe, right? Yeah, split. Um, and then also, to her opponent missed weight. It was just really. I actually, pissed. Didn't, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, she missed weight by three and a half pounds. Damn. As a uh, as a Alejandra Lara uh, fan. Fan. Right, fan. Sure. <laughs> anyways, as a fan. <laughs> oh man, you had to think about it, didn't you? No, I mean, anyway, so I'm a big fan of her. I thought it was a bullshit call. Um, Henry Corrales picked up a win. What else? Darion Caldwell, dude. I This sucks, man. This really, really sucks. I was such a big fan of this fucking guy, man. He started off 13-1, and if you saw that one fight, he got submitted with, like, a tr- uh, guilty. His one loss in his first 14 fights is, like, a guillotine choke with, like, nine seconds to go, and he faced some guy who, like, had missed weight, and it was just, it was just bullshit. Um but he had a win in the title, became this, he looked like a future star, but dude, he has just not been able to put it together. And now four losses in a row. What do you, I mean, is this, is this time and goals were up, man? What do you think about his very sudden decline? 
I mean, it, it's sad too because when you look at those first three names, you're kind of like, okay, AJ McKee in the tournament, crazy submission, fine, right? Leonardo Higo, you know, kind of been around for a while Savage, now. You know. Savage. Enrique Barzola, newcomer, good in his own right, kind of established in this weight class. But probably a fight that we could have seen Darian Caldwell winning. And then he fights this Russian kid and loses. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. It's it, it's tough. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's 35 years old. I mean, I don't know if he's going to have enough time to get it back together. Title run is maybe not very likely, but in Bellator, who knows, right, with how the division can move pretty quick at times. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it's tough, man. I mean, I, I, I could just wish the best for him, and hopefully he can get a few wins here and maybe get another shot at at least nearing the title, if not the title. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, by the way, one thing that I found strange, Bellator does post limbs. I'm very well aware of that. They've been doing that for a while. This is going to be a hardcore, by the way. Neiman Gracie versus Dante Shiro. Like, one of the bitter fights on this card was put on the the post limbs. Not only that, they also had, like, some good names. Like, Jornel Lugo was on the post limbs. Like, weird shit. Um, did you watch those at all? I didn't. Like, after it was done, because you know, I've seen Fedor lose those just heartbroken. So I was like, yeah. oh, let's just start it off. Yeah, you know what the crazy shit about that is? Is I turned that shit on on YouTube to watch the prelims. I tuned in, like, because I was watching on my phone to put it on TV just in time to see Lorenz Larkin get a knockout. And I was like, oh, sweet. According to Wiki, we got two more prelims and the main card starts. And they're like, and that's the end of the prelim. I'm like, dude, we got like 40 minutes to go. Like, <laughs> Josh is like, I need to drive the Buffalo Wild Wings right now. I mean, they could have they, they could have thrown a couple of those fights on the prelims. Like, they they, 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 they weren't have. rushed for time. They should have. They should have. But anyways, I mean, fun card though. Fun card. I definitely thought it was better than the UC's offering. Uh, was speaking of UC Vegas sixty eight going down at two o'clock in the morning at the UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. You love to see it, baby. You love to see oh, it. Oh yeah, man. Um. Angel, I gotta be honest, man. This card, uh, I feel like it was the perfect encapsulation of everything wrong with the UFC right now. Like, look, but it wasn't bad though. Like as far as the fights, they did they did their part. It did slow the, down. The early prelims did their part. Let's correct that. Yeah. God, Josh, God. But I mean, let's just okay, fine. So let's just hit off. Let's just hit off with the main event. Sergey Spivak Derek Lewis. It, I mean, look, we knew this fight was going to go either either way. I mean, we knew it was either going to be Sergey Spivak takes him down and mauls him, or Derek Lewis knocks him out instantly. Ended up being the first one. He gets the win by submission and roughly three minutes. Thoughts, man. Is Derek Lewis washed? That's the big question. That's the question that everybody seems to be asking. Do you, are you in line with that agreement? I know that you're kind of a Black Beast stan, and quite yeah, frankly, but, so is everybody. But I mean, I'm a Black Beast stan, man. It's hard to say. I think... Uh... Look, with Derek, I feel like you never know, man. You know, you can never tell when he's a little serious, when, you know, or when he, if he's ever focused or is, has ever been focused, you know? Yeah. Uh, obviously no disrespect to him, but, uh, look, I mean, he, he has this God-given talent, this God-gift of power, dude. The thing is, it's not unlikely that there's a world where Derek maybe gets his, you know, could just string a few wins again, you know, two, three knockouts in a row. Like, it's very possible. We don't know. We need to keep seeing the progression. And Data said that Derek isn't going anywhere, so I'm not worried about that. And even if he is digressing, we need to see how bad it is, right? Because it wasn't like Derek got fucking 
knocked out cold this fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think they gotta they gotta give him out. They gotta give him an easy one next, in my opinion. You know what I like? Here's my here's my uh, here's my fantasy booking right now, Angel. And I want to hear your thoughts on it. I don't know. I don't know if you agree, but Derek Lewis. And this fight actually, it's, it's kind of crazy because I actually had to Google like after like Saturday night. I thought like hey, those two guys should fight. Surprised they haven't fought for Derek Lewis versus Andre Olaski. You down with that? Sure. Why not? You know, actually, that's not a, that's not bad matchmaking there. We Derek has Derek has lost three of his last four. Andre's won four of his last five. He says he's still fighting. He says he wants to get like a big ranking, like a like a ranked guy. I think though that makes a lot of sense. You know, we could always do Tanner Bowser as well. Tanner Boat, I like that one. Maybe yeah. uh, make Jake Jake Collier get Jared Lewis. And uh, Chris Barnett, you know. Chris some, Barnett. Yeah. They should just say fuck it and have Chris Barnett versus Derek Lewis in a fight night main event. They should just do that. Right? You're telling me you wouldn't watch that? That'd be the most entertaining. The ranking, like not the rankings, the, the ratings through the roof. I mean, are you kidding me? But, right? Uh, yeah, man. Not too many fellas those main event, man. Just over and done. So I guess we've got to call that John Jones. Nice. Um, Good luck with yeah. that one. Yeah, I'm gonna call out Aubrey Plaza to see how that works for me. But anyway, so co-main <laughs> event. You're gonna call yeah, out who? Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> uh, co-main event. Um, I'm gonna call out Ariel Hawani to a one-on-one basketball game. Yeah, right. We're just calling out tons of people who won't answer our calls. Um, right. Co-main event though, Devin Clark, dude. I, you know what? This made me happy. I gotta you, say that. You know what? What a fucking call by us, Josh. Though. What? A, what a motherfucking call, dude. I'm what a motherfucking call. Yeah. No, I'm gonna say that, bro. We we both picked the fucking underdog, dude. A lot of I was I was you know I I listened to a lot of podcasts. I was going around. I read some of these betting guys' things, and a lot of them picked down on junk, You know, none of them were going. Some of them liked the Devin Clark money line, but because it was the money line, not because they thought he was gonna win. Mm-hmm. They thought it was just a possibility of him winning. But I, I'm fucking proud of this pick, Josh, because I feel like a lot of people fucking. Picked on Jung in this, and it was evident, right, with the odds. But mm. man, give, I, I gotta give it to Devin Clark. He really had to tough it out. I, uh, he needs to polish himself a little bit, Josh. I, I think I don't know if he needs like a, a, a change of look as far as camp or something, but I feel like he's capable of being better than what he is. Mm. No, I agree, um, dude. I'm, yeah, I'm, this is actually a really good call by us. I'm glad, I'm glad you're giving us hyping us up right now. I, I got to, dude. I, I fucking got to. And, you know, yeah. and you know to put some fucking respect on Devin Clark's game, because I think he's a tough out for anybody, dude. I mentioned him a lot in a lot of matches. I'm like, look, he's one of those guys. He could give you multiple looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. He is, uh... He, you really gotta fucking give him some props, man. I mean, he's a guy that, like, will not be remembered. This is not harsh. It's not harsh. He won't be remembered in, like, 15, 10 years. Maybe, depending on how his career goes, five years. You know what I mean? He's going to be one of those guys that, like, you're not going to remember him, but, like, dude, the fact that he Shit, is, I will. A lot, I mean, so will I, because we're both, you know... And his father, fucking greatest quarterman ever. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to give this guy some fucking prospect. He is the pinnacle of a guy who just does not stop working. You know what reminds me of? He kind of reminds me of, like, a, a, a younger Jan Vahovic. You know what I mean? Like, Jan, when he came to the UFC, he was just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. In his late 30s, he eventually just picked that shit up, and he just rattled off an incredible win streak, and he became champion. Devin Clark I won't do that. But he came to the UFC, lost a couple fights in a row, and he, he's he been up and down for the most part. But his last, like, I'd say the last two years of his career, like, he's 
he's lost just as much as he's won for the most part. But you can see, like, he's got that dog in him. He does not stop working. He's just such a fucking, like, his upset whenever Alonzo met a field back, like, two years ago, whenever Alonzo was, like, a super hyped-up prospect. I don't even know if you remember that time. Like, uh, yeah, man. I mean, you got to give Devin Clark some fucking props, man. That dude is just one of the hardest-working guys in MMA and does not get that respect. And also, he's getting a dog. So shout-out him, man. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, it had form, but rest, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, what are some uh, other fights you're looking to talk about? Oh, man, let me see here. Uh, who do I want to highlight? Fuck, man. Uh, I need to go down at the start of the card, man. Tatsu Tyra. He got, he was in that submission early on, or I, I don't think, uh, well, I didn't think he was in any danger at the time. But fuck, man, he ends up getting the triangle armbar finish. Uh, Fuck, that shit was beautiful. Did you see the highlight, by the way? That shit popped off on Twitter a little bit. I did see that, yeah. yeah that was fun. Obviously, a lot of guys from the, the road to the UFC had some fun fights. Some of them were all right. Some of them, I mean, there was some. Rigan Nakamura, who was the biggest favorite on this card, well-deserved, by the way, ends the fight 33 seconds into the first round with a six straight left, man. Puts this man to sleep. Fucking disgusting. It's crazy, though, that the, the the car started with three straight submissions. That's actually wild as shit. Mm-hmm. I that, I yeah, know. I didn't even notice that. Um, yeah, man. Definitely, I mean, I gotta go ahead and say, for as far as, like, the prelims, prelims were a lot of fun. Um, and that's why I kind of decided to course correct after I said this card is everything wrong with the UFC. The main card is everything wrong with the UFC. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you started off, now, to be fair, Adam, Adam Man, how do you pronounce that man's name, Angel? I don't want to pronounce that wrong and get demonetized. You don't want to get demonetized? Maybe you should just get demonetized. Adam, fuck it. Defeated. <laughs> man, man, it's almost like you wanted to get demonetized there, Josh. <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. But anyways, yeah, he got a... Dude, don't, don't, don't pull the only USB blade on me, Josh. <laughs> if you know, you know. Dude, that just that reference just like hit probably one of the thousands of people that listen to the show. There's like one guy out there who just like got to fucking chill down his spine. He's like, I haven't heard that name, haven't heard that name in years. Like you fucking fucking flashback. Yeah, right. Like, oh my god, I was I was twenty. It was twenty twelve. I was playing Black Ops two. Have you seen uh, Limitless? Huh? Have you seen the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper? Yes, I've Cooper? seen Limitless, yeah. Dude, you, like, you remember Limitless when he just starts getting, like, all the fucking memories and, like, he's remembering Dude, like, yeah, everything, exactly. he's read, every book he's ever read ever in his life and all of that? Yes, he, exactly. And he's realizing every minor detail? That was that person when I said that. Literally them. Yeah, that's fucking By nice. the way, one of my favorite movies of all time. That's a good, I mean, that's a good movie. It's a good movie. But, um, yeah, man, back to, back to the thing real quickly. Yeah, like, they, they started off this card well. This card well. Um... But then you have Duho Choi versus uh, Kyle Nelson. Now, I'll admit it. I am biased. I do love me some Korean Superboy. Angel, it's probably the worst fucking call I've seen in a long time. Come on, come on Josh. You don't, you don't think it was called? You don't think the Pride Never Die headbutt was uncalled for? No, I don't, actually. I don't. <laughs> I think if I think if you're going to let every single fucking person break the rules, I think Duho Choi is, is, is like, it's just, I would, okay, this is, I'm biased. And I think that's, that's why I'm irritated about it. Now, I, I think he won even with the point deduction. But I also think, like, dude, come on. This guy never breaks the fucking rules, never does anything wrong. And then, like, this is the one time you're going to deduct a point on the first time that somebody breaks the fucking rules. Are you kidding me? Like, John Jones can go out there and just 
brain fuck somebody with his fingers during any fight, and you're not going to call shit. You know what I mean? Like, how often do points get deducted on the first time? Never? Yeah, yeah a lot of people were losing their mind over this one. Uh, I Did Dana talk about it? Did he have his opinion on it? He paid Duho Choi's win bonus. Oh, shit, that's dope. W, actually, W. Dana moment for once. Yeah, right? Um, but yeah, I thought this was a bad call, not only by the referee, but also the judges. I thought he pretty clearly won anyway, but... Um, he'll be back, though. Hopefully... Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully he'll be pretty active and we get to see more of him, because... Uh, shit, man. Uh, you can definitely tell he had green rust, for sure. I mean, he's been... Hey, look, first one back, man. It is what it is, and... Hopefully we get to see more of him, and, and very soon, I hope. And I don't know how fast he'll make a turnaround, but hope to see him at least by at least one or two more times this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, it's only it's only the second month of the year. Exactly. So I have hope that he'll be active, and I thought he deserved the win here. And we'll see what happens, though. We'll see what happens. Um, other fights, and I mean, marching type Warren Blagovi Ivanov. I watched this, I watched this fight on on like two times speed, and even then it was like it was it's rough. Tough. Well, dude, you you can see Blagoy's like aged hard as fuck. Yeah, I mean Blagoy, he's thirty six, but if you told me he was forty six, I would have believed it. Well, he also looks forty six. That's the problem, yeah. But I mean, overall, I did not like the main card. Prelims, badass, love those prelims. But uh, yeah, main card left a lot to be desired. Um, but dude, it's all good though. Angel, we made it, baby. We made it. Use two eighty four pay per view this Sunday from the Let's RAC. Go! In Perth, Australia, Islam Mahashev. Taking What's wrong on with Alexander. being a nerd of a virgin? You're a nerd of a virgin. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Dude, you're talking about a fucking super fight. I mean, these are, these might be the two best fighters in the UFC if weight class did not exist. You know what I mean? Like, right. Mahashev has been unbeaten for uh, eight years. During that stretch, what is he on? What, like, fucking 11-fight winning streak? He's beaten Charles, Dubronx, Oliveira. I mean, honestly, we could just stop there, because honestly, his resume is not great. But, like, he did beat a couple other good guys, like Bobby Green, Dan Hooker, Tiago Moyes, Esther Dober. Um, but then Volkanovski, I mean, you're talking about a guy, he is hunting for legacy. He does not give a fuck about money. He doesn't care about about the, the rankings in the division. He wants to go out there and fight the best man on the best night, and that's exactly what he's done. Since he, he's been undefeated for 10 years now, May 2013 was his last loss. During that stretch, he has won 22 straight fights. He's beaten Max Holloway, the Korean zombie, well, Max Holloway twice, uh, Korean zombie, Brian Ortega, Jose Aldo, Chad Mendes, Darren Elkins, it is just an all-time great resume, and now he has a chance to make himself an all-time great fighter and put himself in a GOAT conversation with the win on Saturday. Andrew, give me your excitement level, and what do you think about Saturday night's main event? Look, it's been a while since I've gone in and watched the countdowns. I'm trying to think what the last one was that I watched. Uh, but yeah, no, as soon as it came out, I watched it and, and enjoyed it a fair bit, kind of seeing the process for both of them, and... By the way, you should watch the video with the Nelp Boys because they went up to Dagestan and uh, I heard about that, yeah. They, they, yeah, which is you know crazy that they were out there to begin with. The issue is I'll, I'd have to listen to the Nelp Boys. I don't know if I. Yeah, you no, you'll enjoy, you'll enjoy. It. It was, I, I'm joking, I'm joking. It was, it was a very different video than what they typically do, and it was okay. actually 
a lot of people in the comments said that they were like, I'm actually really happy. They're like, I really liked how different this video was from the typical pod that they put out. But, uh, nevertheless, man, yeah. Fuck, man. Obviously, those Dagestanis, man, they're, they're something else. They're training, their commitment, being up in the mountain, training elevations is fucking wild. And obviously, the level of effort they put in Islam is, uh, an amazing fighter, as we can see. And we're going to see it be tested here against, uh, Alexander, who comes from this fucking piece of land that's, that you really don't think about a lot here on the side of the ocean, you know, that's its own thing. And, uh, fuck, man, I, I, I'm curious to see what he does. I mean, he's brought in some, some, uh, wrestling people. Craig Jones, obviously, who is, uh, well known in the jiu-jitsu space to be there as well and help in the worst case scenario if it comes down to defending submissions and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, as far as the fight itself, Josh, just to put it generally, I'm I'm fucking excited. <laughs> uh, I imagine you were too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I'm fucking psyched. I mean, I gotta. I, I said this off air, and I gotta go ahead and uh, admit it. But um, I wasn't super like happy necessarily with the, like the last couple of months of of the UFC. I feel like they've just kind of been a lot of a lot of just shit. Honestly, like shit cards and shit people and. You know, like, I, that's just kind of the way I felt about it. And, are you uh, one of those people, Josh? Are you one of those shit people? Oh, yeah, that's implied. Um, it's just, just, no, but this is the fight that, like, I'm fucking psyched. I'm really excited for this fight, man, because uh, Volkanovski is the pinnacle of, like, he he's right now in, uh, not in the same way, right? He, he's, he's not in the same um, stratosphere in terms of, like, exciting knockouts and, and so on and so forth, but he kind of reminds me of, like, Mystic Mac right now. You know what I mean? It sounds like a weird comparison, but like on the surface, but like this dude, like it doesn't matter what he does. Like I keep on doubting him, and yet he just keeps on winning. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter who he faces. Doesn't matter what he says he's gonna do. He's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go fucking beat Max Holloway. You know, like he does it three times. I remember he faced Jose Aldo. I'm like, dude, Jose Aldo is fucking gonna murder this guy. Are you kidding me? Shuts him down completely. He won a fucking firefight with Chad Mendez. You know who wins a firefight with Chad Mendez? Nobody. Just doesn't happen. So, um, yeah, man, he's at that point in his career where, like, you just can't doubt him, you know? But now it's time to make the picks, Angel. I, I've, I've admittedly waffled on this. As the fight's gotten closer, I thought, like, when his first fight, when this fight first got announced, I was like, oh, yeah, Moxley's going to roll over him. But over time, for seeing the training videos, after watching the countdown, after hearing all the takes, I'm waffling on it, man. What do you think? How, what do, what, what are your, what's your thought process going into this one? Man, dude, I mean, there's this first time at 155 for Alexander, right? Obviously, I mean, that's a big question mark in itself. You know, how is he going to look at the weight? How is he going to carry the weight? How is that weight going to affect him in the fight? How much of a difference is it going to make? But like he said, something very important that we think about, he's like, weight is no issue. I have always been the smaller guy. I've carried big weight. I played rugby at this position where I had to run through some big motherfuckers, you know? And he made a good point there. You know, he kind of had me there kind of thinking, right? I think one of the biggest weapons that Volk has right now, we're not talking about skill, I'm not talking about all of that, is the fact that I think Islam could very easily doubt him. He can underestimate Volkanovski, and that's very powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, and look, these guys are very intelligent, very smart. They've been in there time and time again, but for some reason, I could see him kind of early on being like, oh, this little guy doesn't have anything for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And underestimating him, and Volk, and Volk comes out strong. 
you know, he comes out, kind of makes a statement in those first, that first, maybe first round, first two rounds. And it's almost kind of like, damn, okay, I didn't expect this guy to be, to win this. This is kind of throwing me off here. I didn't expect him to be this strong for being this, this stature. I didn't expect this to be like this, that, like that, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, maybe he's been thinking of his, maybe for the first time ever in his life, he's having doubts, right? Obviously, I'm obviously speculating here, right? Obviously, nothing that I can possibly know for a fact. But it's it's a factor, right? You know, I, I do genuinely believe that to an extent, Islam could be underestimating Volk. Obviously, we won't know until the night of. Volk has a lot of confidence. He has a lot going on him. I think the pressure is actually really on Islam Makhachev to defend the title because the guy's coming up a weight to get that title. You're defending it. You know, you're on the defense. You're the one on the on the back burner. Uh, Volk can go back to 45 peacefully. You know, obviously you'd lose the fight, but that's it. On the other hand, you just captured it and people were kind of doubting you, saying you hadn't had names before. And finally, you know, you fight a guy, actually a weight class below, smaller in stature coming up and you lose. I mean, that's, you know, maybe there's just some thoughts that are running in your head. Like I said, once again, speculation here. But uh look, it's very hard to say, Josh. I mean, we need to see a lot of things. It's always, you know, it's always like this. We need questions answered. I don't know how Volk's going to deal with these takedowns. How's he going to deal with these guys? wrestling is he actually be able to, to to defend him is that stature and that center of gravity actually really hard to take down if it doesn't end up on the ground how does Volk react to that how does the jiu-jitsu roll again are we going to have some moments like that we did in that Brian Ortega fight where he's deep in the submission and manages to get out or they can be deep and there is no getting out you know mm. I'm gonna go with Islam Makachev Josh I'm gonna go with the stay pick here the natural 155er the bigger man the guy who's kind of established himself as the guy look I, I don't have a lot here to go off of. I just don't think Volkanovski is able to do it. I think he's going to struggle a lot. I think the size will make a difference. I think the height will be a factor. I think the reach will be some. I think they'll be smart and use the reach as an advantage. But I think Volk will make a very good account of himself. I don't think he'll get tar- starched. I think I'll actually be very surprised if he gets get starched. And like I told you, Josh, I, three, I see three different results for this fight. One, Volkanovski runs over him. Two, a very close but clear fight. And the third one, Volk loses very clearly, but he makes a good account of himself. Yeah, and I'm actually on the same page entirely with the way this that uh, fight's going to go. I think it's going to be the third one. Um, but I, I'm saying, like, I can see all three of those happening. I think the third one's most likely. I think uh, Volkanovski, man, he can play Matador really, really well. I think um, you saw that in probably, like, the best fight to go. I've been rewatching a lot, a lot of old Volk fights to get excited for this thing. Like, I'd say the best way to go, if you want to see probably Volk's strategy, it's either going to be that first Max Holloway fight or the fight with Jose Aldo. Those are back-to-back, and he was facing two guys who were very offensive, very moving forward, and he showed that like, on the back foot, he's quick, he's fast, he's strong, he can he can work in the clinch even whenever he has his back to the fence. Um, for me, a lot of this it honestly just depends on the biggest factor being can Makachuk keep him down? Because he's going to take him down. You know, that's not a question. Like, he, I think Volkanovski can play the role of Matador. I think he's going to do it very, very well. Um, but he's going to get taken down. The question is, is whenever he gets taken down, will he be able to scoot? Will he be able to put his back to the fence and, and, you know, walk up and so on and so forth? For me, I think he'll be able to do that, but not enough to get a win. I think is going to rack up some control time. I think he's going to put him on his back. And I think there's going to be rounds where it's like, you know, fuck, like, 
Malkachev gets like three minutes of three thirty of control time. You know what I mean? And Volk, the issue is with that Matador strategy is you're not really going a whole lot for offense. You're just trying to shut down that guy's game, and you'll throw enough out there to win on the cards. But more than likely, I don't see him knocking out Makachev. And I also don't think with the strategy he's most, most likely going to employ, he's going to be able to get a decision win either. Um, I think he might good account himself. I think he totally will. I think we're going to come out of this being like, oh, shit, Volkanovski is that guy. But I still, I expect on Saturday night to hear and still. Um, more than likely by decision, if I had to guess. Uh, but, dude, this is all good, though, because as good as that main event is, co-main event is also a banger. I mean, you're talking about an interim featherweight fight, because Volkanovski, he says he's going to move back down even if he beats Makachev. I'm skeptical of that. And even if he loses, you know, I mean, let's be honest, he's kind of cleared out the division except for two or three guys. Two of those guys are Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett riding a five-fight winning streak. Granted, should have lost to Calvin Cater last time out. Uh, Yair, though, he's, he's the only, you know, weird, weird history with Yair. He's not very active. He's only won one fight in a row that was due to an injury. He, prior to that, he was coming off a decision loss to Max Holloway. Granted, it was a fight of the year contender. Prior to that, he hadn't fought in over two years. He's had an interesting path to get to the title. However, I think, like, his interesting path, I think he's a very, very good chance to win this fight, man. What do you think about this one? I mean, another banger, man. I mean, Josh Emmett, fucking, that man's a fucking, what's the saying, built like a sh- uh, brick house, man. He's fucking, he's a <laughs> specimen, man. He's 37 years old, about to turn 38 next month, goddamn. He's a featherweight, that's, uh, that's pretty ancient, man. Uh, Yair, obviously, kind of action out for a little bit, came back in 2021, Max Holloway, fun fight, banger, remember watching that one with the boys. Brian Ortega fight, a little underwhelming. I remember we both went to Brian Ortega route in that fight. But look, he's here presented a title shot. Oh, man, Josh, I, I got a feeling, yeah, you're going to do it. I think he's become the second Mexican national, nationalized champion because obviously we had Kane, who was Mexican, but was not Mexican born. He was born in, uh, across the board in the U.S. Uh, Brandon Moreno obviously being the first. Mm-hmm. I think Yair Rodriguez is going to get it done. I think these kicks are going to be a lot. I think he's going to break down Josh Emmett early on. I think he'll really come on in the fifth rounds. I think if the fight does grow to the ground, I mean, and look, I, I've kind of watched a few more Yair fights. There's a little bit of an un, un, you know, underrated jiu-jitsu game there. Obviously, he's no fucking Brian Ortega, no Gordon Ryan, no Craig Jones, but there's something to, there's something there, you know? And he's, he's talked to, you know, I've been watching some podcasts and he's been talking about, he's like, this time that I've been gone, I've been traveling the world, I've been training, I haven't stopped working on my craft. I've been getting better, I've been working jiu-jitsu, I've been working Muay Thai, I've been working kickboxing, I've been doing boxing. I haven't stopped working. That's why we came back in the Max Holloway fight. There really wasn't any ring rust, Josh. We mm-hmm. never really talked about that at the time, I think. No. He came out firing, actually. It's the exact opposite. Yeah, he came out hot, and he looked great. I mean, he made Max wrestle. Mm-hmm. You know? He made Max yeah. rample. That's something we had to bring up, so, you know, and look, he did get control in the fight. That's against Max, and Max isn't, you know, Max isn't fucking Habib, you know? So that is a bit of a worry with a guy like Josh Emmett, who is capable of taking the fight to the ground. But look, if, I think if he comes out ready, if he comes in with a good game plan, I think the Mexican is able to do it. I'm going, yeah, you're Rodriguez for this, El Pantera. Yeah, I'm really back and forth on this. I mean, the main event had me going back and forth. This co-main event has me. I mean, I'm, I gotta admit, like, I'm 50-50 right now. Josh is zooming, you know. 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, dude, this fight, um, for me, it comes down to what uh, Josh Emmett, his strategy is. I think if he actually goes out here and tries to wrestle, he's going to have success and probably beat the shit out of Yari Rodriguez. <laughs> Maybe not beat the shit out of him, but I fully expect him to win. It becomes, cause Josh Emmett has actually, in his past few fights, he has wrestled, but not much. And I think part of that is probably because we don't really discuss it much, but Josh Emmett is one of the oldest guys, like, at this weight class. It's, that's any good, let me put it like that. He's going to be 38 in less than a month, which is mind-boggling to think about, considering at featherweight, you never see those dudes, right? Um, I think probably the reason why he's not wrestling anymore is due to his age, and you kind of hear about it when it comes, like, I saw DC talk about this a lot when he was kind of closing his career. He's like, dude, like, my back, my knees, everything's fucked from wrestling. I can't really wrestle for more than five minutes in a fight anymore. You know what I mean? I'd really, I'd be willing to bet Josh Emmett has the same, the same thing. I think if his fight took place for like two or three years ago, I'd probably pick Josh Emmett easily, but I think, I don't know if he has the ability to wrestle for 25 minutes. I know Yarjigas has the ability to get a knockout for 25 minutes though. And I think Josh Emmett is super hittable, and also the fact that Yarjigas is gonna have like, a massive, massive height advantage. He's gonna have a, ma- not a massive reach advantage, but I know he will have the reach advantage by like two or three inches, which could be huge. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh I'm gonna go ahead and take you out here. El Pantera, second Mexican champion this year, man. Um next up on the main card, this one's a banger at 100, 170 pounds. Jack Della Madalena, one of the greatest prospects in the UFC right now, has won thirteen fights in a row, three wins by knockout inside the UFC, taking on rude boy Randy Brown. This guy is just improving fight to fight to fight one. Six of his last seven, including four in a row with some damn good names in that mix. Give me your thoughts on this fight, man. I think it's very compelling. Man, I mean, Randy Brown, one of the tallest one seven years in the whole weight class. Jack Madalena, like you said, coming in hot, uh, coming off the contender series. And even in the contender series, he didn't even get the kind of finishes he has, or he didn't get a finish in the contender series. And ever since entering UFC, that's all he's given us. First round finish after first round finish. I mean, no wonder they're giving him a, a ranked guy like Randy Brown to test him because all he's giving us is fucking W's and W's on the round, dude. He's mm-hmm. 100% him, dude. Uh, mm-hmm. and look, uh, they clearly have a lot of hope for him, obviously putting him on this card, on the main card at that. Uh, I mean, he is him, Josh. I think he is that guy. I think he's going to get it done. I think he's going to get a finish over Randy Brown, who's a tough guy at 170, who's been on a win streak of interview himself. Not a lot of finishes out of Randy Brown, but a tough out for anybody. Uh, I got to give Randy Brown his respect, though. He kind of got it together. Obviously, the Vincente Luque loss in there, the Nico Price loss, Balaam Muhammad. Some kind of well-established good names who have been kind of Two of those guys close to the title, not fully there, you know, I'd say. Below Mohammed more recently. Nico Price is not, but a tough bout for anybody. I mean, this was 11-1 and Nico Price at the time. And Jack, I mean, first round after first round, man, I mean, he's looking unstoppable right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go ahead and take Jack Della Maddalena. I think he is that guy. And I actually like Randy Brown a lot, man. I think the fact he's uh, he's one of those guys, like, kind of compared to Devin Clark, funnily enough, Um He's just improving. He does not get a lot of credit. He just keeps on working in the background and working his ass off and um, improving from fight to fight to fight. And you see that in his current winning streak. But I think Jack Delamadalena is the fucking truth, man. I think this kid is 26 years old. And if you look at what he's accomplished in that time frame, I mean, he went pro in 2016. So he would have been, what, like 19 then? Like, no wonder he went 0-2. But since then, he's found his stride. And he's won all but, like, 
one of his last 13 by fights uh, by finish. So uh, I'm going to go take him. Um, main event, not main event, excuse me, also on the main card, heavyweights. Parker Porter taking on Justin Taffa. Justin Taffa, interesting guy, man. I mean, he came in, he had some height behind him, got knocked out by Jorgen Castro, knocked out Juan Adams, had two close losses, and then knocked out Harry Hunsucker last time out. Meanwhile, Parker Porter, a guy that got signed to the UFC so late in his career. I mean, he's 37 now. He got signed when he was 35. But, dude, he's actually put together a pretty damn good run for himself, and you, you kind of got to be impressed, honestly, for what he's been able to do given his relatively age and uh, experience of the game. Uh, what do you think about this heavyweight fight on the main card? Fuck, man, this wasn't this was tough to pick. I mean, it's probably one of the toughest fights to pick on the whole fucking main card, if I'm being honest, Josh. I mean, it's kind of a coin flip, right? Both guys are, yeah, yeah. both guys are kind of not great, you know, not to be respectful, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they're, they're good enough to be in the UFC. Um, actually, I mean, that's a whole other debate, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I think it's a pick em, Josh. I mean, I think you go just the top five. I'm not going to hate you. Go Parker Porter. I'm not going to hate, hate you. I mean, I could see just the top of, I mean, I feel like he has, Kind of a bit more power than Parker Porter, so maybe he could get him out of there. But Parker Porter's a tough son of a bitch, and he'll stick in it, man. He's he is older, like you said. I'm a go Parker Porter, man. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's a tough one to pick. Justin Tough have been out of action for a little while now. Kind of uh, I don't know. I maybe it's probably a good thing, right? But uh, out of action for almost two years now. I just. I don't see him doing anything. It's a, a Parker Porter. It's been kind of, you know, more active. His three and two in UFC, not a bad record. Has gotten finished, but I, I could see him winning this fight over it. Just until it hasn't been active within the last few years. And yeah, and I'm, I'm going to go Parker Porter. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a fair pick. And I like Parker Porter a lot. I will take Justin Taffa. Um, I think this one can be. I mean, I mean, it's I a pick think, him. Yeah, it, it is a pick him. And I think uh, Justin Thomas, just, he's a more athletic guy. I think he's got more power. And uh, I think he'll get the job done. Um, I still think he's still got something left, man. He, he's been a bit of a disappointment to sign the UFC, but he's still in he's still in his 20s. He's still only eight fight only eight fights uh, deep into his career. I'll take him here. Uh, to get the, uh, opening up the card, though, Jimmy Crute out of South Wales, been out of action. Sends his knockout loss to Jamal Hill, where he broke everything in his face in roughly 48 seconds. Uh, Going to be taking on Alonzo Menafield here. If you're coming out of a fight where you broke everything in your face, I don't know if Alonzo, Alonzo Menafield is the guy to really want to fight, but that's exactly what's happening, man. Give me your thoughts on this one. This fight just seems like a perfect main card opener, man. It's rough, man. I mean, the last two fights have been tough. Obviously, the Anthony Smith leg injury back in 2021 on that. It was been a Masvidal card, which, I mean, that, sh- that shit was a fucking... That card was wild, right? From from that to the Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman break, the Valentino fucking crucifix, the Rose head kick of death, and obviously Carmaru's amazing finish over fucking game right that night. I mean, that card was littered with craziness. But for Alonso Benefield, I mean, shit, dude. I mean, once again, kind of been in the mix, been active, not the guy who's been hurt and suffering injuries. Alonzo Menafield older. Records are pretty similar. I'm going to have to go Alonzo Menafield here, man. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, I actually think uh, Jimmy Crute still has a lot of potential and a lot of talent, but this dude needs to take some. I mean, I understand he just took a year off, but like he's super young too, Josh. I mean, we got to think about it. Jimmy Crute's twenty six, and he's, he's 20, ranked. Yeah, yeah, he's twenty six. He's ranked, but he uh, just come on and came off a fight where he got his leg fucked up against Amy Smith and proceeded to get knocked out and broke like every every fucking bone in his face against like Jamal Hill. I do. And that I was do probably say another this, hard hitter, man. I, I want to say this, Josh. No matter what, I do think he should fight Paul Craig next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good shout. That actually win win good. or lose, I think he should fight Paul Craig next. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, I like I like that. This, this is actually a solid uh a solid Win, lose, game. draw. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think he should fight Paul Craig next. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Alonzo Metafield, too. I think he just hits hard. Um, Jimmy Crute, man, I, I feel bad for the kid. I just think it's a rough matchup, man. I mean, if you're coming off a fight where, like, two fights in a row you're getting stopped, and then you're fighting a guy where, like, all belong to Metafield, if you're looking at his fucking career, it's like 13 wins, 10 of them coming by finish. Most of those coming in the first round. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a long to Metafield. Uh, prelims, I mean, the main card I like a lot. Prelims, pretty thin, but there are a couple of uh, good names on there. Uh, which ones are you most looking forward to? I mean, we're going to start with Tyson Pedro fighting the returning Modestus Buscarcas, mm-hmm. who got his knee annihilated by Khalil Rantry. I did not know this, Josh, but we knew he was going to be out for a while. And he was cut, I, I'm assuming, because he fought in Cage Warriors, and he got two wins. And then he was brought back. Uh, I don't know if Tyson Pedro is maybe the best return fight, but obviously uh, he is. he's a competitive guy. He's capable of winning. Tyson Pedro seems to be going on a good trajectory. They've been kind of like building him up slowly back into this division. They clearly have some interest in his success. I'm curious to see how this fight goes. It's probably the one that I'm most looking forward to on the fucking, on the prelims. Uh, probably my other one would have to be Jimmy Malarkey welcoming the 11 and R Argentinian Francisco Prodro. Uh, kind of when I was looking at this card, I saw this kid. He's 20 years young, Josh, coming in. Undefeated, uh, wasn't able to. I didn't try like crazy looking to his background, but his career has only just started in 2019. He's kind of built up his record kind of quick. Uh, kind of serious, kind of curious to see what he can do because he's kind of fighting a decently established guy in the UFC, especially in the 155 division. That's very competitive for a guy who's 20 years old. Uh, this is a hard fucking fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, real quickly, a couple of Cool fights you mentioned a couple in there. Tyson Pedro. Um, I, I've kind of said this before. I wish they would. I wish they would take more guys with the Tyson Pedro approach. Where like he, this guy missed four years. They've given him two tune-ups. I don't want to see this fight to tune-up. Um, because I'm actually, I'm actually really happy that uh, Mateus Bukakis has actually found his way back here. It's actually a really cool story. Um, but I think he's probably going to get tuned up. Um, and I mean, interesting to see what, he, what he's going to go ahead and uh, do after this fight. If you're talking a couple of tune-ups in a row, we'll see what happens. But as far as the rest of the uh, card goes, man, I'm excited for Loma Lookinby versus Elise Reed. Loma Loma Lookinby, one of my favorite uh, fighters, like women's fighters in the UFC, always entertaining, insane, insane elbows, always coming out here looking to bang. Um, also on the card, Shane Young. Coming back, a guy that I actually had a lot of hopes for when he first signed the UFC. Not when he first signed, but he he kind of he lost the Volk and then he won a couple fights in a row and it's just been rough since then. Um, been out of action for two years. I was really sad that Zubaira to um, 
Myra Tukov. Tukov. I don't, I don't know how you pronounce his name. Habib's fucking friend. Okay. Very good guy at featherweight. Um, was going to be fighting Joel Alvarez. Joel Alvarez pulled out. That fight really, I was so psyched for that. That was going to be Fair. a fucking banger, dude. Yeah, man. I'm really upset that fight got canceled, but. Yeah, man, this is a fun card, man. Uh, Jamie, I skipped over Jamie Malarkey. Shout out Jamie Malarkey on the, uh, the, the ESPN prelims. Uh, any closing thoughts on this card before we move on to news? I mean, not much, man. I mean, obviously, we know the, the kind of the main, you know, top two fights of this, uh, card are going to be kind of carrying the event, but it can still be very exciting. I think the, the three top cards on the main card are going to be the most exciting, obviously. Obviously, because of all the stuff that's, I mean, obviously the belt's on the line, legacy on the line, and, uh, rankings on the line for, for Randy Brown and Jack Delamelodena. Uh, fuck man, I'm excited. I just want to see these fights now. I want to see what's going to happen. I want to see Volks. And I don't think we really talked about this, Josh, uh, when we were talking about the main event, but fuck man, I, I, we brought it up privately. I'm like, Josh, if Alexander Volkanovsky beats Islam Makachev, we, we have to start putting Volkanovsky in the GOAT conversation, mm-hmm. you know? And that's a, that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation, right? For for potentially next week, right, Josh? Well, fuck me. Yeah, it's, right. It's it's definitely something that we might have to talk about at some point if Alexander the Great is able to capture the title. Because fuck man, that's some goat shit. It really is some goat shit. And um, man, I am I'm psyched for it, man. I'm very psyched for it. This is the biggest legacy fight for both of these guys, and it's uh, very fucking clear. Like, as big of a win as the Oliver one, Oliver one was for Makachev, I think this one's even bigger. You know, because I understand some people are... Oh, go ahead. It's kind of crazy how different the stakes are, though, for each one, though. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. For Volk kind of being, like, and being in the GOAT conversation, right? Holding two titles. I mean, only so many people have done that. And he talks about wanting to defend it. And for Makachev, just kind of... Being like, I am that guy. I'm here to defend this title. You know, I might not have all the names, but I I got here, and when I was given a chance against the champion, I fucking earned it. You know. Yeah. So I mean, so I think we did a pretty good job of covering this card, man. It is the card itself is not like that crazy, but the uh, that main event, man, it's gonna be fun, man. Co-main event too, and and just the main card in general. But we do got a fair bit of news to go over. Um, Exciting first off. Huh? Exciting shit here. Yeah, Ryan Garcia. Tank Day. I don't know why I included this in the rundown, because this is just boxing and it's fine. May not happen. We, we like it's just we've gone back and forth. I remember they announced the shit in October. It, it was it was months ago they said they were gonna fight, and it's just gone back and forth and back and forth and, and back and forth basically. Um I mean what do you uh what are your thoughts, man? Just disappoint just not even disappointing, it's almost expected at this point. I mean, this is this is just the state of fucking boxing, dude. Mm-hmm. This is the shit we have to deal with. I mean, it's so aggravating that we are prevented from greats fighting greats, seeing the best compete against the best. It's it's ridiculous, man. What what happened to being tested? What happened to the best fighting the best and testing each other and records not being everything and making a legacy that lasts? Yeah, I mean, as far as the um the the fight itself goes, it's just it's kind of weird, man. I feel like boxing, like in the U.S., is a very good chance it could die out soon. And I don't want to say that, 
I don't want it. I don't want it to happen. But like, dude, look at look at the state of boxing right now. Um, Showtime is merging with Paramount. Showtime has nothing on the fucking docket. PBC doesn't. PB like PBC couldn't even schedule fucking. Uh, what fight is it? They recently announced with Kayla Plant versus uh, Benavidez. They announced that one, but then they all because they announced that one, they don't. I guess they don't have enough money, so they had to postpone Wilder Ruiz. Like. Fucking banger, though, right? Yeah, I mean, if it does happen, you know, uh, Ryan Garcia tank. Now this fight might not happen. This is like the big one. Like just, for, like just, it's just on par. It's just on par for the sport at this point. But yeah, in terms of it's fights, p- that did get, it's pathetic, yeah. Josh. That's what it is. Fucking pathetic. It is. It is. I mean, pathetic. Because apparently, the crazy part is, is that apparently it's all settled. It's all settled. Everything's done except they can't decide on a rematch clause. That's it. They can't what? decide. Yeah, it's, what, it's come down to a rematch clause. Fuck, Specifically, if there is a rematch, where will it air? Oh, wow. So that's why it may not even happen. So, whatever. I Just think it, it, I think it should air wherever the champion is. Well, I mean... <sighs> Would you disagree with that? Yeah, but it's kind of a Mickey Mouse belt that they're putting on the line anyway. Well, but you know what I mean, though? That makes the most sense. I feel like uh, that's yeah, the that makes, Yeah, that makes sense. But That's the fairest. The champion gets... Home field. Yeah, so, but you know, you know, boxing. You always got to overcomplicate it's so, shit. It's, it's so fucking dumb, though, dude. It's such a simple thing. Hey, man, my my right, right now, I'd be like, well, Tank stays head. Give it to Tank. We're gonna air it here. But if Tank loses and Ryan wins, and we get the re and we activate the rematch pass, okay, we'll air it where Ryan's at. We'll air it in his own. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's. I feel like it's just that fucking simple. But these motherfuckers just got to be so fucking money hungry and not just make the fights and make money. Because everybody's going to make money. You guys are just fighting at the bit to get that little bit extra. But you guys are so fucking ignorant to make the sport great that you guys can't fucking do that. Yeah. I mean, they kill themselves. Yeah, and I think part of it, too, is the fact that we're both, like, not multimillionaires, and they are. Yeah, I mean, no. That's so frustrating, you know? Like, these motherfuckers don't even fight again in their lives. And they will retire. They can retire right now with more money than I will ever make in my entire life living. You know what I mean? Right. And they're like still being like, well, I mean, maybe if I got a little bit more, I guess I could actually decide to fight if any anybody worth value. And, and look, I get it, generation generational wealth, right? Who doesn't want it? You know? Of course, you know. But like, dude, you're usually gonna let like this massive legacy fight fall through because you don't. Do you want to make just a little bit more? I don't know. And I, I mean, I, I let's move on to fights that are happening because I'm like, I I get annoyed talking about boxing more often than not these days, but. Um, right. This is this is these are fights that will happen. Well, well Joshua's fight got announced, didn't it? Huh? Joshua's fight that got announced. Joshua's be fighting uh, Jermaine Franklin, who who lost to Dillian White last time out. That's actually a good fight though, because Jermaine Franklin probably deserved the win. So it's not a bad fight. Um, but is it? It is a tune-up. Uh, but speaking I mean, of, uh, I mean, Jermaine Franklin looks like me if I was taller. <laughs> Anyways, man. Um, we got a uh, game bread. Gamebred, uh, yeah, Jorge Moswell is to cook with this one. Uh, Gamebred, SC4. Gonna be going down in April. April 1st to be exact, but apparently it is not an April Fool's joke. Roy Jones Jr. will be facing Anthony Pettis on this card. Jeremy Stevens, Jose Aldo, Jacare Souza, Vitor Belfort, Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor, and Paul Daly. Wow. Holy shit. Give me your thoughts on this, man. It's going to be on pay-per-view if that has changed things. Fuck, man. Uh, it'd be cool, right? I mean, we get to see these guys one more time in a different a different view, right? A different look. And 
that's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, matchups, I mean, I'm I'm a little thrown off on, on them, right, Josh? I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, who, who do we got again? We got Roy Jones versus uh, Roy Jones Jr. versus uh, Anthony Pettis, which is I fuck. I mean, I did I did not see. I never thought I see those two guys match up, right? <laughs> Jose Aldo, Jimmy Sims. I mean, we've seen it one time. I can only imagine how it's gonna go the second time. Jock Ray versus Vitor, who Victor's kind of looking a little saucy lately. Kind kind of suspect. I don't know about that matchmaking there. Uh, who else do we have, Josh? That I'm forgetting. Uh, I think I mentioned like the main three ones, and then Pro Gonzalez fighting. Forgot who. Oh, Gina Mazzani. Yeah. Yeah. Any anybody else I'm forgetting? Is there is there one more fight I'm forgetting in there? I don't believe mm-hmm. so. I don't know. I think those are the only ones announced as of now. Uh huh. Yeah. No offense to uh, our our girl Gina Mazzani, Casey Zone, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna max bet on Pearl Gonzalez. <laughs> Matt, just absolute max bet on that one. Um. Yeah. I mean, this is this is an interesting card, man. It, it's uh, I don't know. I don't think Roy should be fighting at this age, but if they are gonna do it, have it be a matchup like this. Uh, and I like the other ones because it's not like they're boxers. You're gonna, you know, just style on MMA guys. It's actually gonna be MMA guys just going out there and testing themselves, doing some fun things. So very, very, uh, very, very happy with that, man. Um, uh, next up on the, this is by far the biggest news because we talked about it last week and it very quickly got confirmed on, I believe, Saturday. That yes, Conor McGregor will be coaching on the fighter. It will be against Iron Michael Chandler. Here we go, boys. Uh, America's sweetheart, Josh. America's sweetheart. He will see you at the top. Um, and, uh, <laughs> they're going to be coaching the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, show will start airing in May. Wrap up by August. These two are expected to fight at welterweight later this year. Is this the right fight? Is this the right coaching yes, uh, move? Yes, 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 Josh. I need yes, to yes, yes, and yes? Yes, yes, and yes, Josh. Michael Chandler's been through trials and tribulation, Josh, and he will show it. He'll give us all the most inspirational speeches, and he'll give us the best fucking time on the Ultimate Fighter, man. I can't wait to see these guys go like that. He's probably already DMing some people being like, probably just DMing random fighters who applied for the show, like, hello, I'm Michael Chandler. Hey man, I just want to tell you. I will you, see you at the top. He just told you, hey man, I'm very proud of you. Just, just very brave and going into the house, you know, just giving them a whole breakdown. I saw Chris Curtis talk about it. Funny enough, he said that uh, when they fought on the, I think it was the Justin Gaethje card. He said it's, uh, instead of then, uh, he rode the bus with the rest of the fighters, and he said that he really fucked with them because the whole time he was just saying inspirational shit. That's so fucking funny. He said instead of riding uh, with the other people, I guess I guess they had like a separate thing. He rode in the regular bus with the rest of the fighters, and he was just saying a bunch of inspirational shit to all of them <laughs> for some reason. Like if he was the fucking I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is probably the right call. I think for entertainment value, I, I said that like in terms of um, like the show itself, I thought Tony would have been the better option because I think it would have been more entertaining. I mean, Connor actually got beef and. You know, I mean, that fight could still happen. It could. I, I think. I think if he, I think Connor I has offense, Josh. RDA. If Connor loses, I think he'll fight Tony next. The thing about Connor is, is because he's developed so many beefs with guys earlier in his career that now that he's older in his career, he could realistically fight just about anybody. It's kind of paid off, hasn't it? It really has. So um, yeah, I mean, I think this is the right call for the fight because we're gonna see whatever whatever Connor's got left. We're gonna find out real fucking quick. That's essentially what it comes down to, man. Uh, the opening seconds of this fight, we're going to instantly see whatever Conor Rigger has left. 
Oh man, so. Josh, I'm I'm curious to see how Michael Chandler fights. I'm curious to see if he gives us a more intelligent, measured Michael no Chandler. Chance. You no know, chance. goes for takedowns, controls Connor, or if he just comes out fucking firing. I think he'd come out fucking firing. I think, uh, especially given the fact that like. By, by the way, how many for, how many more fights do you think Chandler has in him after after Connor? Because when win or lose here, I mean he's going to be pretty set money wise, and he said he's here for a good time, not a long time. Right? Yeah, I think most likely, I think Chandler's gone by the end of 2024. I don't know how many fights specifically that would be though. Really, 2020, yeah, 2024, 20, early 2025. Yeah, I don't think Chandler wants to get the double digit losses, does he? Knowing him, no, no, but. Um, anyways, man, I mean, uh, last, last bit of news, Kevin Lee, didn't expect, this one kind of came out of nowhere, man, Kevin Lee re-signs to the UFC, will be complete, will be, uh, competing at welterweight, uh, what do you think about this, man, obviously we haven't seen him since the fight with Diego and Eagle FC, that we were kind of surprised when he got released the first time around, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I get it, right, he wasn't finding success at one weight class, he switched it up. Didn't seem to get any better. Matchups were kind of, you know, I didn't think they were bad at the time. And maybe looking back at them, maybe they weren't the best. But from what it sounds, it's gonna he's gonna be making a return back at 170. Josh, he won't be going to 155. Let's see what he's done. Let's see if he can get that cardio in check. Let's see if he can get these fights together and string some wins. Because I mean, he's still young. He still has a lot of time in his career. And at one point in time, Kevin Lee had had a nice little win streak going with some nice names in the mix. Uh, and at one point, Josh, you had to pick them to beat Oliveira. Mm. I remember that. I remember yeah. that was after he was coming off of the knockout win over uh, Gillespie. Yeah, yeah. Um, crazy. I mean, I'm happy to see him back, man. I really am happy to see him back. Uh, I think this is the right home for him. I think he has a lot of. I don't know how much he has left to give, but I think he's he belongs in the UFC. You know what I mean? Um, I thought he got a raw deal when he got cut last time. And realistically speaking, he has not he has not done enough to actually get re-signed, but I also don't think he should have gotten a cut in the first place, so it is I, what it is. I will say this, John. I'm surprised he never ended up at Bellator or PFL. Yeah. And I'm surprised no one knocked at the door, because I felt like those were all very good options. But I guess you he wanted to be in the UFC, and I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him, but... Any other closing thoughts? Anything else we want to talk about before we dip out of here? I mean, nothing, nothing specifically, Josh. I mean, I think we covered everything. I think next week's show is actually going to be super fucking hype. Obviously, we'll be coming back. Uh, you know, next week's card's pretty weak. You know, I'll, I'll finally admit it, Josh, on air for you. There you go. Do you feel good, Josh? Do you feel better? Do you feel I better? do feel better now that you've been used to Vegas 69's complete ass. Does your tiny cock feel better now, Josh? No, you're not. You don't have to worry about my penis angle. <laughs> sure about that? No, I'm I'm all right, man. You don't you don't got to worry about me. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I thought, bitch. <laughs> wait till I see you next time, Angel. Wait till I, I think, see. You. I think you should wait till I see you next time, Josh. Wait, 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 wait till I see you next time. But anyways, um, <laughs> on a serious note, uh, we've been killing it on uh, YouTube, killing on uh, TikTok. Got a lot of love over these last uh, few weeks, and we appreciate um. Every every one of you who has uh, subscribed, all of you who uh, like our content, and we'll keep on uh, putting that shit out for you, boys. Uh, at Courts and Sound for all things related to the show on Twitter, I'm at Josh Shimanoff. He is at Angel Ortega underscore O one. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Must click.
Let's go, 